0: real know-it-all? Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, well, actually? (laughs) Well, guess what? You can go fact yourself! Hi, everyone! Welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we take the smartest people we know and make them look dumb and then smart again. I'm Helen Hong. And now, from the Carl Sagan and Andrean Theater at the Center for Inquiry in Los Angeles, here's our moderator, J.K. Van Stratten. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, everybody. What a lovely, lovely crowd. <laughs> Helen, how are you? I'm very well, Jake. Very
1: well. It's very exciting. This is our, our first show, not just our first show at this venue, this is the venue's <gasps> first show. This is what? the first show they've had here. Yes, It does...
0: It does smell like fresh paint in it does, here. It does. It does. There's a little
1: is, bit of uh, there's a little part in my dust kind of uh, <laughs> a vibe going on it here. It's
0: making me high.
1: Oh well, then it's then it's I'm working. Feeling a little loopy. <laughs> fresh paint for everybody. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, we're very, we're very happy to be here. Uh, for those who don't know, the Center for Inquiry runs all sorts of uh, in- interesting programs about uh, skeptical thinking and and debunking. And uh, they, they they used to be over there on Hollywood Boulevard, and uh, they 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 uh, they're they're not anymore.
0: This is the place <laughs> that um don't don't they offer money to anyone who can prove yes. the existence of ghosts?
1: Yes, I believe they have they have a, a scientific uh, inquiry group. I'm I'm not uh, something like something to that effect. Where yes, where essentially they say. They that if someone who claims to have any sort of supernatural powers can can prove it in scientific conditions, that they will give them tens of thousands of dollars.
0: Tens of thousands of dollars? Right, and
1: guess how many people have been able to claim it based on proving it in scientific conditions? Four. That would be four more than zero, which Uh, is the correct answer. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Helen, you wanted to mention that you have some exciting travel coming up as well. Oh my
0: gosh, I just booked a gig in Maui. Wow. It is... I, I, I hardly do any travel for personal anything because I travel so much for work because I'm a, a working stand-up comedian, and so I'm on the road at least once a month to usually very glamorous places like Nebraska, Plano, Texas. Uh-huh. You know, these are Oh, we got some, some Planins here? What? Planoans? Is that what they call them? Oh, my God! Oh, my God! <laughs> Did you see me in Plano? I mean, I will.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, wait a minute.
0: That so that more... I know that yeah. you're coming.
1: <laughs> Yay for going there sometime in the future. Well, I will have been. <laughs> it's possible by the time this episode drops. I mean, we're in some sort of weird time continuum. Could, that that also I that could already could loop, have happened. I could
0: be looping back. I could be looping back. No, so you know, I usually go to like uh, you know, not to say like not really bucket listy places, but I just booked a gig in Hawaii, and I was like, oh yes. They were like, hey, so the money's not that great, and I was like, I'm there. Sign me up. What are the dates? What a negotiator! Yeah. So, if,
1: and any, if any of our listeners are in Maui, look up and uh, go see Helen.
0: November eighth and ninth <laughs> at the Iowa Theater.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. The what now?
0: Iowau.
1: Wow. Uh, uh it's, Yes,
0: it's I A O.
1: She's as good a promoter as she is a negotiator, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
0: it's it's a theater <laughs> that has all the vowels.
1: So just put it in your GPS, and I'm sure you'll end up there. Uh, Well, congratulations, Helen, and congratulations to the people of Hawaii who get to see our wonderful hosting partner, Miss Helen Hong. Uh, I went to Cleveland recently. Oh, how was that? Today on Go Fat Yourself. (laughs) Two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they might not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus, we'll meet actual experts on two very different topics. And finally, we'll declare one of our
0: guests the winner of today's show. Let's get started and meet today's guest. Helen, who is up first? She is an Oscar-nominated actor and a critically acclaimed writer who hosts the podcast Quinn Cummings Gives Bad Advice. It's Quinn Cummings! Quinn Cummings, ladies and gentlemen! Hello, Quinn. Nice to see you. Please have a seat there. Thank you.
1: Thank um. you. Hello, it's thank so you one- for having me. Oh, it's so wonderful to have you here. Now, Helen, of course, mentioned that you are an Oscar nominated actor. You ah. received an Oscar nomination for The Goodbye Girl. Yep. Where you played the young girl in The Goodbye Girl.
2: I was one of the three on camera. I was the smallest one. Yes. And, wow. <laughs> yes.
1: And the non Richard Dreyfus one. As I well.
2: was not Richard Dreyfus. Well, you
1: did a great <laughs> job not being Richard Dreyfus. Uh, you
2: know.
1: How old were you when you were nominated for an Oscar for that role?
2: I was 10. Wow. Oh, my goodness. I know.
1: What was your Oscar experience like? Did you go?
2: Uh, Yes, I did. It was an extraordinary experience, but I was still 10 years old. Sure. So my mother took me to get my hair done. It was a little Southern. It it was... (laughs) So she left me at home with specific instructions. Don't touch anything. Don't eat anything. I'll be back. I'm going to go get my hair done. She came back. I had brushed the entire thing out. Oh, no. Because I was 10. Sure. So... While I'm getting dressed for the Oscars, my mother and I are having the fight that a 10-year-old and her mother are having about, I told you not to do that. Well, it was in my eyes. No. So we're, we're getting into the car to go to the Oscars and we're now arctically not speaking to one another.
3: Oh.
2: And my mother snaps at me, do you have a speech if you win? And I turned back, yes! And that was the last thing we said to one another (laughs) until we got to the Oscars. You know what? I bet that
0: exact situation that you had described is Meryl Streep's ritual every time she goes. Don't you think? (laughs) No doubt. Don't you think she's just like, I'm brushing it out and it's in my
3: hair and I'm not talking to you. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: She really should just be happy you didn't have gum in it. I mean, at 10 years old.
2: Okay. Backstory on that one. Oh. (laughs) I was seven years old and I was standing on my head chewing gum and I will explain (laughs) the sort of person that I was to say I had already been told not to do this several times. Standing on your head. Chewing gum. gum. My mother had caught me at it enough that there was already a rule in the house. <laughs> there was legal precedent established. Right. So it mm. fell right here at the root line. Oh. Um the worst possible place. To worst fall. possible place. And I had been chewing it a long time and it basically just immediately adhered to my hair. Yeah. I thought, you know what'll take care of this problem. I'll just cut my hair off right there. Oh. Mm. And that did buy me about a week until it started to grow in straight up. Wow. And at some point, my mother looked at me and said, w- w- what is going on with your hair? And I said, quite honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> and finally, she winkled the story out of me. I'm sure she started with, were you standing on your head chewing gum again? I was like, why can you read my mind? <laughs> yeah. Um. So... I have the world's first seven year old comb over <laughs> in my first head shots. And she said, you'll never get nominated for an Oscar with a hair cut like that. And I said, I know.
1: <laughs> Little did she know. You left uh, show business to go to college. Was it was it a conscious decision to leave and to not return to acting?
2: I sort of dribbled away from it. Mm-hmm. I kept coming back to it. I'm the only person in the world for whom acting is the fallback career. <laughs> <laughs> like when you, I guess maybe just acting, I don't know. And I was about 23 years old and I had gotten two jobs in a row one week after the next, which never happens. And the second job was on a show I really liked with people I really liked, good part. The money was, this will tell you how long ago it was, the money was good. (sighs) (laughs) And I hung up the phone and I thought, yes, my dental insurance through the union is covered for this year because I've had this toothache. And I thought, I'm 22 years old. I should have a stronger feeling about acting than I can finally get that tooth looked at. (laughs) (laughs) And that's when I realized there are all sorts of people who would die to act. Mm -hmm. Like they will be in theaters that are a converted garage and sometimes not even a converted garage just for the pleasure of that empty audience in front of them. And I'm like, yeah, I just, I, I like writing jokes. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, you have oh, that's
2: like so altruistic
0: of you yes. that you were like, "You know what? I am I'm going to step away so that someone with more passion for this field can step in."
1: Also, and that person is here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no. I don't know how that would be possible.
2: Also, every actor
0: sorry they're crazy. Mm. Oh, as an actor I can attest. Yes. yes. And I thought
2: knowing
1: Helen, I can attest. <laughs> on, on, on
2: i crazy. felt like my own bouillabaisse of crazy was enough. I did not add need to add the extra crayfish of acting to it anymore. <laughs> I love that you have a bouillabaisse of crazy.
0: <laughs> Mine's more like a paella. Yeah. <laughs> um I have a
1: cheese stick. Uh, Let's talk about your podcast, and it is called Quinn Cummings Gives Bad Advice. What does Quinn Cummings do on this podcast? Why,
2: she waits for people to b- write in questions, and then she tackles the topic, <laughs> even though she is not qualified to give you advice about anything. <laughs>
1: and, and what kind of things do people ask you about it?
2: Let's see. I've had my brother-in-law wants to move in with my family. My girlfriend broke up with me, but we're best friends, so we're still sharing a house. And now she's telling me about her new boyfriend, who looks exactly like me.
1: Ooh. Uh, How could you give bad advice in that situation?
2: (laughs) Stay and fight for her. Um, I figure I'm sort of... I'm vaccinating myself against the inevitable litigation. I told you it was bad advice. You
1: know what? She did put it in the title. That was very, very smart. Yeah. We should have considered that with this show as well. Well, you're a wonderful follow on Twitter. It's, a, Thank it's you. very entertaining, and uh, I'm sure you'll be very entertaining and wonderful on this show. We're happy to have Ms. Quinn Cummings.
0: Helen, against whom will Quinn be competing? He is a comedian, musician, life coach, and New York Times best-selling author who has sold over four million books. Woo. It's Greg Barron. Greg Barron.
1: <laughs> Hello, Greg. I Have a seat right there. Uh, yeah. Greg, how long have you been doing stand-up comedy?
4: Well, it's been about 30 years. It's about so. 30 years. That's yeah. amazing. Thank well, you. Oh, well, no, no, please. That's the applause you get at the end of your career. <laughs> oh, good for him. Look at him. 30 years. That's incredible. And He still thinks he still thinks it's worth He still, still thinks you should talk into a microphone. That's awesome.
1: Still well, thinks that's okay. I, I knew you as a comic uh, in, in the L.A. scene many years ago. Yep. And it's just amazing to me the journey that you've had since then with writing and music and life coaching and, and all sure, that. Sure, sure. And on top of that, I think maybe one of your greatest accomplishments, you have beat cancer twice. I have beat cancer twice. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah.
4: yeah. Open with age, follow up with cancer, <laughs> and uh, I will definitely win the pity vote tonight yeah. if there if there is such a thing. <laughs> lucky enough to do two tours of cancer, and
1: um, are you going to go back? For I a went third? back
4: a second. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> no. The third time is. I think I might just sit this one next okay, one out. Okay, I think I think
1: that might. I be think good. I might
4: sit it out. But yeah, I've been very lucky to have treatable to uh, different cancers, but treatable. So excellent, you know, lucky.
1: What do you take away from from those experiences? I don't uh Does it change? hospital, Does it change hospital
4: hospitals are more are, are funner than you think they are. Oh really? Yeah, so? like you don't think they're that fun but then you spend some time there and they can be kind of a hoot.
1: So what, what do you recommend kind of for someone who's stuck Kemo. in a hospital and maybe is looking to have a little more fun? Definitely uh, a question I thought just, I would be. Just just get to tonight.
4: know the nurses and stuff. Oh, yeah? Just get yeah, just get to know everybody that works there. Once you're once you're on the ground level, then you're in on the then you're in on the work jokes and it's fun, you know. People just people get comfortable with you, and it's fun.
1: Uh, we were talking with Quinn about uh, giving bad advice, and and she was saying that she was not qualified to give advice. You've said before that you were not really qualified to give advice. Yet you've had a very successful career giving giving advice. advice right, yeah,
4: right. yeah, yeah. Well, I think once you tell people that you that you that you have no business giving it, then you're free to give it. Mm. You know, that's the fun part is to go, look, I have no business telling somebody how to live their life or have a relationship. I'm Mm -hmm. a TV writer. By the way, your relationship is a joke.
2: (laughs) And you're just fooling yourself. Also, they think you're being modest.
4: Right. They yeah. do. Yeah, they, they they do. But I am pretty, you know, I'm all I'm I'm all right at it.
1: You actually are. Yeah. yeah. So two of your best known books that people would know are, of course, He's Just Not That Into You. Yep. And uh, it's called A Breakup Because It's Broken. Uh, yep. So how did you get good at giving relationship advice?
4: I think I just spent a lot of time with people who are broken. Mm. <laughs> my sister, all my girlfriends, you know, I, you know, I came up with a lot of women comics. And so I gave a lot of advice.
0: And you, just, and you just give it to them straight i think it's
4: just a matter of looking at something and going what's really happening here Mm. you know if somebody doesn't call you or text you it's possible they don't like you (laughs) you know what i mean like i'm i don't think that's a crazy leap that i've made where i've jumped to some conclusion that's like that's outrageous
3: (laughs) that's outrageous why
4: would you say that well i just feel like he has a wife and everything so it feels (laughs) feels sort of solid that he probably is not in your you know on your team
1: Yeah, well, when uh, you mentioned texting, when when he's just not into you came out. You know, texting wasn't a thing, dating apps weren't, right. weren't a thing. Uh, right. Has that has any of the rules changed uh, since? Well, that? the
4: rules don't change. I mean, the the playing field is different, but mm. the rules are the same. Somebody's either cool or they're not, mm. and they either text you, or they don't, and they either give you what you want on in a text or they don't. You know mm. what I mean? So it's a matter, you know, it's, it's it's you have standards no matter where you are, and if you keep your standards, it doesn't matter what you're doing as long as you if you keep them up there. And uh, and you don't suffer fools. I'm writing a new book, and I can't say the title. Well, I can, but you're gonna have to bleep it. Okay, go ahead. But The, the title of the new book is called "Don't Take Bullshit from F***ers." <laughs> f- <laughs> and it's an
1: overall. It's Brilliant. Just a, yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Yeah,
4: yeah, and people seem to be. They love that kind of advice from me.
1: Yeah. You also do have, have uh, segued into doing some life coaching. I would imagine there's probably not a better life coach than you. Like.
4: Yeah, it was something that somebody recommended. There's a, there's a woman I know. Her name's Natasha Adamo, and she's an international dating and life coach, mm-hmm. and she recommended that I do it, and I was like, I don't know about that. And then she said, let me send you a client just see if you like it. And then I talked to this woman on her phone, and I went, wow, this is awesome. And I can do it at home. I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to dress for it. And uh, there's no photo required, and nobody asks me how old I am. And but your uh, life
0: coaches don't even demand that you Skype with them. Some of them do. Some of them want to oh, Skype. Oh, so, you're like, I do so you do. you can wear a shirt but no bottoms.
4: Yeah, that, and that's what I do. Yeah, uh, I love I love to go naked from the waist down. Yes. Not let them know that you know. There's no point at which, when you're life coaching, they ask you to stand.
3: There's not one It
4: never comes up Nobody ever says stand up You stand up if you give me advice You stand up I'm not standing up You stand up or I'm, I'm not, sorry, our I'm session not is Venmo over. I'm going to Venmo you yeah. your money.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think I would be freaked out if my therapist suddenly stood up no, during, no, during our, during our me session.
0: Me too. I think if I was <laughs> Skyping and, stu- and anybody stood up, I'd be like, yeah. wait,
4: wait, wait. Whoa, whoa, wait, whoa. whoa. What, what is are happening you doing? Right Stay now. seated. Stay seated.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, it's wonderful to, to have you on the show. Wonderful to be with you again. It's Mr. Greg Barron. All right. Uh, We asked each of you to provide us with a few topics outside your field of work in which you feel you have some expertise. Quinn, you said you know a lot about high fashion, the TV show BoJack Horseman, and domestic cats.
2: Hi, I'm a girl.
1: (laughs) Whereas Greg, you said you know a lot about surf music, Mm -hmm. Dots Candy, Mm -hmm. and dog shows. Yep. I panicked.
4: (laughs) I panicked and I made a list and I don't know when we did that.
1: <laughs> well we got a real was
0: cats the, and dogs. The, wait, uh, situation. was the panic at the dog shows or was the panic at Dots Candy? Yeah.
4: <laughs> both. I don't know I don't know who answered that email. <laughs> I don't have
1: an assistant. Someone is using your email address, maybe. (laughs) Later on, we're going to ask each of you some in-depth trivia questions about one of those topics. But first, we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It's time to split some hairs with our What's the Difference round. We'll have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. Now, if either of you gives an incorrect answer, the other person has a chance to steal. Your topic today, Wasted. First up in Wasted, Quinn. Quinn, they both could get you wasted, but what is the difference between liquor and liqueur? Liquor and liqueur.
2: I just Ooh. took a bartending class. I should know this. Oh, okay? definitely. Liquor is the umbrella title for all spirits. Okay. Liqueur is sweeter, and it is fruit-based.
1: Fruit-based.
2: That is the Amaretto Hill I am dying
1: on. All right. <laughs> uh, we've got Quinn's answer. We don't know yet if she is correct. Greg, what do you think?
4: Uh, the uh, fermentation process.
1: <laughs> Greg confidently nodding, <laughs> thinking that is enough yeah. to say. Seems yeah, like you're just gonna stick sounds, with that. Sounds like an answer. So one is one. How is one fermented versus the other?
4: Yeah, well, they're different. <laughs> There's a different in the fermentation process. Yes.
0: You know, you should be a life coach. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> you're, just, you're so definitive. Yeah, I'm like, yeah that's. A Knows what he's Stand talking. up, oh. Helen. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, well, this segment doesn't have to go home, but it can't stay here. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts.
0: Here are the facts. Liquor is any distilled alcohol made from grain or plants. They generally fall into the six categories of vodka, whiskey, rum, tequila, brandy, and gin. Or as I call them, vodka and Five other crappy things. (laughs) They have a high alcohol content and are generally not sweet. Liqueur is made from liquor by adding sugar and other flavorings. These additions usually dilute the alcohol content and make a liqueur more sweet, syrupy, and thicker than a liquor.
1: Uh, Ooh, thicker than a liquor. Thicker than a liquor, Oh, I think we got another podcast there. Uh, That's right. Also, traditionally, liqueur is enjoyed after dinner, often with dessert, whereas liquor is enjoyed before dinner, during dinner, after dinner, with breakfast, at the ball game, on an airplane, or in a gutter. Uh, Helen, what does that mean as far as our points go?
0: I'm going to say one and a half points for Quinn, because uh, you did say liquor is the umbrella title, all spirits, so I'm going to give you that one. And then you didn't say liqueur is made from liquor and that it's syrupy and thicker.
1: All right. uh, So one and a half points for Quinn. Very good. (laughs) Up next in Wasted, Greg. Greg, your question comes from a listener, Heidi Young of Herlong, California. Uh, (laughs) Listeners, if you'd like to submit a suggestion for our What's the Difference round, go to GoFactorPod.com. Greg, your question in the topic of Wasted, they are both types of waste, but what is the difference between garbage and trash? Garbage and trash. Mmm. Ooh, the audience grunting with wonder. (laughs) Wow, it could be fermentation. You might, you might. <laughs> is a is broken it, clock is, the is
4: the wrong fermentation, enough, twice a day. B- the fermentation yeah. process. Yeah. Process.
3: Or one of them might process. wear pants.
4: Yeah. Oh, process. Garbage is found in a can, mm-hmm. and trash is found on the ground.
1: A very reasonable guess. Yes, we don't know. I mean, not that it's a guess. A very reasonable answer. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah, you... yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It yeah. felt like a guess. It did feel a little bit like it a guess. felt a little bit like a uh, guess. A very reasonable guess. Uh, we don't know yet if he is correct.
2: Quinn, what do you think? It may just be the life coach in him, but damn it, I think Greg is right. Wow. I think that trash is free range and <laughs> yeah. garbage is domesticated. That's right.
1: So so trash you would get at Whole Foods maybe. It right. costs a little bit more, but it's cruelty free.
2: Right. It's led yeah. a good life. It's Okay,
1: good. Yeah, it's led a good life. All right, well, it is time to take the segment to the curb. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts.
2: Here are the
0: facts. Garbage is a waste that comes from the kitchen or bathroom and therefore has a high concentration of organic material. Trash is everything else. Grass clippings, junk mail, an old sofa, everything my ex left at my apartment. Mm. That's all trash, and so is my ex. (laughs)
1: Yeah, applause, applause for Helen standing up for herself. Uh, that's right. Now, trash and garbage are also treated differently after they are picked up. Depending on the content, they might be incinerated, composted, recycled, or put in a landfill, or made into found object art that sells for millions of dollars. <laughs> Helen, what does that mean as far as our score is concerned?
2: Greg, I don't think you got that one right. No, I'm no it doesn't sorry. sound like nope. I did. But no. Yeah, but, but what's important is that we both got it wrong. Correct. Yeah, I'm
0: so gonna agree that you both bombed out. The on that
1: bonding one. that is happening between our contestants here, in lieu of f- trying to compete, it, right. uh, it's it's very very moving.
4: I'm not sure how competition works. That's all right, <laughs> entirely.
1: Helen, what is our score at the end of that round?
0: At the end of that round, Quinn Cummings has a point and a half, and Greg Barrett has zero points. All right, mm-hmm. but those
1: scores are bound to change as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. That's all up ahead when we come back. On
0: go fact yourself. <laughs> And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by the new science fiction novel, Living History, by Spencer Mark.
1: He's an ex-cop, pilot, and electronics expert who travels the world and debunks claims of the paranormal. Wow, is it the hero of the book? No, that's just the author of the book. <laughs> hey,
0: yeah, look, here's a copy. <gasps> wow. Ooh. Ooh. The guy on the cover is hot. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, what's That's it about? Right. What's the book about? I, just, I, I was, know you got distracted by the hot a moment, guy. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. Like, Look at how hot he is. Yeah. Okay, no. Uh, you can what? judge a book by the cover, apparently. <laughs> I was like, seriously? I'm sorry, what's the book about?
1: I'm so glad you asked. He's a computer genius who discovers photos of the same man taken 80 years apart. And the man has not aged a day. Only one person can get to the bottom of this mystery.
0: Yeah, and the guy on the cover is hot.
1: Yeah, the, the, the back cover is good too. It's got Ooh. a blurb from Ross Blotcher of the Max Fun Podcast. Oh no, Ross and Carrie.
0: Yes, Ross says Living History explores the nature of time and invention in a fresh and compelling way that will keep you guessing and thinking deeply. That sounds awesome. Also, the guy on the cover's hot. Did I mention? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Where can I get the book? You
1: can get it wherever you get books. But if you want a discount and you want it personally autographed by the author, go to livinghistorynovel.com and enter discount code HELEN. <gasps>
0: I'm a coupon code!
1: Yes, you are, Helen!
0: Yay!
1: That's livinghistorynovel.com and enter discount code HELEN. Thank, Thank you, you Living, History. Living
2: History! Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. It's a podcast that we do as uh, we ma- we are married... And how's the ad going so far? Because I think it's going very good. <laughs> we talk about things we like every week on Wednesdays. One time, Rachel talked about Pumper nickel bread. It was so tight. You cannot afford to miss her talking about this sweet brown bread. We also talk about music and poems and, you know, weather. There was one... Weather? <laughs> one time, Rachel talked about Baby Beluga, this song, for like 14 minutes, and it just really blew my hair back. <laughs> So check us out on maximumfun.org. It's a cool podcast with chill vibes. Amber is the color of our energy, is what all the iTunes reviews say. <laughs> they will now.
0: Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Quinn Cummings with a point and a half, and Greg Barrent with zero points. Once again, here's J Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, everybody. Quinn Cummings, of your many
1: interests, you told us you know a lot about high fashion, Bojack Horseman, and Domestic Cats. Let's find a little bit more about each of those. First, you said you know a lot about high fashion.
2: I love high fashion, and it confounds the people who follow me on Twitter because about 85% of the time, I am writing really mean-spirited, puerile, hopefully very funny jokes about politics and the constitutional crisis we happen to be living through at this time. And then... The rest of the time, I'm getting really, really excited about the Met Ball. (laughs) (laughs) And and there are people who send me messages who have not known me since the last Met Ball who say things like, are you trying to let us know you've been kidnapped? (laughs) No. No. I'm the happiest girl alive. Look what what Rihanna is wearing. (laughs) Sure. (laughs)
1: And what about high fashion uh, appeals to you?
2: I just really love the pageantry of it. I have a very small orderly life where I tend to do things. I would eat a burrito every day of my life for the rest of my life because I cannot be bothered to think any bigger than that. Also, burritos are delicious. They are. Mm. I too would eat a burrito every day if it didn't make me really fat. Yeah, eventually you get burrito shaped, but it's a small (laughs) price to pay. So... Fashion is art and it's pageantry and it's stupid. I mean, it's gloriously stupid. You start flipping through a fashion magazine and there is some 14 year old from Slovenia who has not had a decent meal in her her entire life. And she is wearing a $6,000 nightgown, and she's carrying a turtle.
1: Uh, You also said you know a lot about BoJack Horseman.
2: BoJack Horseman is an awesome show. It is hilarious. And the thing I love about it is everybody thinks, if they live in Los Angeles, they think they've got the great satire about the entertainment industry in them. And they don't. No one wants that. No one needs it. Nobody is obsessed with us the way we're obsessed with us. Having said that, BoJack Horseman, a show about a horse <laughs> who's in love with his best friend who's not a horse, is a perfect satire of the entertainment industry, including the fact they have this repeating joke where no one understands the difference between an agent and a manager. And this never fails to slay me because no one does. I think
1: we just got a topic for our next What's the Difference round, by the way. Thanks, BoJack.
2: Uh, And finally, you said you know a lot about domestic cats. Uh, We have two cats. I love doing rescue work. I would love to do rescue dog work. I had one that I was fostering a few months back who was completely feral. She'd been found on the freeway. And every night I would Pareto her. If you don't know what that is, you take a recalcitrant kitten and you wrap them up so snugly they can't hurt you. And you tuck them in your arm. And I would say to the little girl, I'd say, all right, this is Rachel Maddow. We're gonna watch her, and I'm going to pet you. How much would you charge if I asked you to do that to me? <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. Because
0: that sounds amazing. It really does. Yeah.
4: It me, really does. Me and I like, and I like watching Rachel just flat out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll Swaddled? even just listen to the audio of her show. <laughs> so what you're t- describing is... You,
2: you, it seems really relaxing, is what you're saying. Man, it's
1: a fetish.
4: It's if it's yes. I mean,
2: please, somebody swaddle me and hold me. And, and, and again, and... another one of my topics has gone dark.
1: <laughs> no, it sound, it's gone adorable. What are your, What are your cat's names?
2: One of them was named by my then eight-year-old daughter. Her name is Squeaker's.
1: Perfectly acceptable, yes, very lovely. Sure. And, then and we... now we're going to go dark on the second one. No,
2: the other one the is... The other one is
1: named Full Blown AIDS. <laughs> no, no. The other...
2: It's, we pronounce it Lesion. 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 <laughs> Uh, no. Wow. She's, wow. She's,
1: she's, wow. Oh, oh, sometimes, that's...
2: Sometimes all you can say is, wow.
1: <laughs> so, so no?
2: Uh, Diana, and she oh, okay. is... Oh, that's,
1: that's nice, too.
2: <laughs> so and, close,
1: so
4: close. Yeah, and, okay, so close. Okay,
2: if you go to my Twitter feed, on the top, there is a picture of a very affronted-looking cat in what looks like one of Liberace's robes. Mm. <laughs> My theory is that domesticated cats, their lives are incredibly good. I know my cats. I go get them the food that they prefer. I have one price they have to pay every Christmas out come the Christmas pajamas <laughs> oh, no. oh, and I wedge them into the wow. Christmas pajamas and I take one picture and they kind of fall over from the horror of it and then I'm like that's right and we're done wow. uh, until the next year we, <laughs>
1: did, we did go dark again
2: yeah I can't believe that they would stand for that. I mean,
0: knowing cats, even one photo a year, I'm surprised that like your whole body's not
2: scarred. Okay, just caught, I'm covered. Just uh, you know, I'm yeah. covering the upper part of the arms here. You, you know. But it's
1: worth it for for the Christmas photo. Oh yeah. All right. So to summarize, uh, Quinn Cummings, what a journey. Uh, <laughs> to summarize, you said you know a lot about high fashion, BoJack Horseman, and domestic cats. Today we want to quiz you about BoJack Horseman. <laughs> Although I will spend a lot of time talking with you about your cats uh, afterwards. Uh, how many times have you watched the series of Bojack Horseman, do you reckon?
2: Oh, have I gone all the way through it? Three or four times? Three or four times. And, wow. Oh, yeah. I go back and watch Free Churro a lot, which is a strange one to get excited about. There are lighter episodes. Yes.
1: For those who don't know, that was one that I believe that took place. That was a eulogy, I think, for the whole show. Yeah. yeah. It, so that is your favorite episode, do you think?
2: I think the one where Sarah Lynn, where they he keeps blacking out and they compress time is really brilliant. I think the one where we see his mother's perspective and her memories are all glitchy because she is suffering from dementia. This is a comedy. I don't know why <laughs> oh I, I can't seem to explain it better than this. It's I'm feeling a lot better about well, like my... Well, that's head. the thing about BoJack. It
0: is funny, but it's also dark. Yeah. It's very dark. Yeah. All right, well, just ahead, we're going to... Like list- life. <laughs> yeah. Still wow, up. you should coach.
4: I, yeah. I've been thinking about I think about yeah. getting into the coaching game.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what do you know about life getting dark, Greg?
4: Just cancer.
1: All right. <laughs>
4: just a couple of rounds of cancer, but go ahead. Throw it at me. What else you got? Addiction? Uh.
1: Just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in BoJack Horseman to test your mastery in the subject with our expert-level question worth up to three points. But before that, to let you show your love, here are five questions about the topic, each worth one point. Now, if you want it, you're allowed to hint for any two of these five questions. Greg, do listen closely, because if Quinn answers incorrectly, you can steal. By the way, Greg, how much do you know about BoJack Horseman?
4: Uh, Paul Tompkins?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's Paul Tompkins something. is on the show. Yeah, very good. That's all right, That's all I know. Okay, well, we'll see if that comes up. Question number one for Quinn Cummings. Just days before our recording tonight, Netflix announced that the upcoming sixth season of BoJack Horseman would be its last, but one of the show's executive producers and stars won't have to wait long to be back on Netflix as he stars in the Breaking Bad movie El Camino, which will drop on Netflix by the time our listeners are hearing this. Who is he?
2: That would be Aaron Paul. Helen? That is correct. That is
1: correct, Aaron Paul. The voice of Todd Chavez. You, uh, that is one point for Aaron. Here's question number two. The character of BoJack starred in a biopic of a famous sports figure. Who?
2: Secretariat. Helen? That is correct. That is
1: correct. <laughs> Quinn Cummings, Super two two. Uh, fun fact, there was a real movie called Secretariat in 2010 starring Diane Lane and John Malkovich, neither of whom played the horse. <laughs> Question number three. The main title music song is credited to Patrick Carney, a drummer for a band that has had five Billboard number one hits. What is the name of this band? You do have a hint available if you'd like to use the hint.
2: Hint me, please.
1: Helen, how about that first hint?
2: A
0: piano has 36
1: of these.
0: Oh, white keys?
1: Helen, is it white keys?
0: It is not white no, keys. No,
1: Greg with a chance to steal. Black keys. Helen, is that correct? That is correct.
0: That is correct. That is correct. Black keys, that's a point.
1: Uh, fun fact, that song features Patrick's uncle, Ralph Kearney, on the track. All right, let's see if you can bounce back with question number four. <laughs> Many of the characters in the show have horse heads on human bodies. One slightly disturbing exception is a character who debuted in season five named Henry Fondle, who has a vacuum cleaner body, a speak-and-spell chest, and a blender for a head. Though Fondle later became a CEO, for what purpose was he originally built?
2: He was a sex robot. Um, Helen? That is correct. That is correct. (laughs)
1: Uh, We did not need the hint, but I know Helen was very eager to deliver it if you had needed it. Helen, what would that hint have been?
0: Oh, baby, yes, right there, right there. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, right there. Keep going, yes, right there, right there. Helen thinks
1: I'm going to stop her, but I'm not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, baby, right
1: there, right there. All right, I think we need to reboot Helen. Helen Hong, ladies and gentlemen, the best in the business.
0: I'm available for voiceover work, Yes. <laughs> sex, sex robot voicing.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right, very good. Let's see how you do in question number five. This is a little tricky. Quinn, many luminaries of show business have contributed their voices to BoJack Horseman, but only two who have played themselves use a sir in their names. Who are these two distinguished artists?
2: Sir Patrick Stewart and Sir Ian McKellen. Helen, is that correct? That is not no, correct. No, I'm terribly sorry. Greg, with a chance to steal.
1: Sir Paul
4: McCartney. And? and? Sir Richard Branson.
1: Helen? That is not correct. No, I'm terribly sorry. Sir Paul McCartney was correct. The other, Sir Mix-a-Lot. <laughs> oh, wait. Now wait a minute. Oh, now wait a minute. That's right. Now wait a minute.
0: That is hardly I the I think same the hint thing. might have helped. Uh, Helen, what would that hint have been? They are both musicians. One has been knighted by the Queen of England, while the other one likes big butts.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Although we don't know for sure that <laughs> Sir Paul McCartney does not like big butts. Right. That is That's, certainly not his fair They might both name. like big butts. Uh, yes, I'm <laughs> sorry, no point there, but you still did quite well in that round. And now here is your expert-level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. Ooh. Nice. Sounded up, good SFI. here. Yeah, We'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. Quinn, the character of Hollyhock has had quite a journey. First, she thought she was BoJack's daughter, then later found out she's his half-sister, and she was originally named Girl Horse, but after being adopted by eight gay men in a polyamorous relationship, <laughs> she ended up having eight hyphenated last names. For up to three points, what are three of those eight names?
2: No. Why?
1: <laughs> I, I'm i pretty sure I did read that correctly. Or, oh. alternately, what are three names?
2: <laughs> I feel like the last one is Fonzarelli.
1: Okay, Fonzarelli is one of your answers.
2: And, and the first two are the same name, and it's like Glossy or galassie, but that's... Yeah, same, same. And there's a Scottish name. There's Mick... Mick... McDonald. It's not, but I'm going to just... So
1: Fonzarelli, McDonald, and, and one more? Galassi. And Galassi. All right, Helen is taking note of your answers. We have an expert on hand you can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight?
0: Here with us tonight is an acclaimed animation writer, producer, and director who was just nominated for an Emmy Award for his work as producer and supervising director of BoJack Horseman. It's Mike Hollingsworth. Mike Hollingsworth! <laughs> Hello, Mike.
1: Mike shaking hands with Thank Quinn. <laughs> Hello. Have a seat there. Pull up. Uh, we got to move that microphone up to your face. Greetings and so you know salutations. Excellent. Nice to see you, Mike. Uh, Mike, you also have a background in stand-up. I do. You yes.
5: Do? Yeah, I did stand I had a weird kind of way into animation. I did stand-up for a decade <gasps> and then uh, figured out I had no uh, life skills, no uh, way to make a living and better figure something out quick. And I uh, washed up in animation.
1: Wow. So you—so uh, I read this correctly. You did not go to college for animation? You did not study it formally?
5: I did not. And I have no student loans.
0: Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> You're I, like a unicorn. Yes. <laughs>
1: That's great. So how did you get into animation after stand-up?
5: I was making cartoons, comic strips for like the LA Weekly and other alternative press papers and periodicals. And also doing stand-up comedy, and I was like, I better figure out how to, maybe I'll marry these, and I can make some kind of living out of it. And the very first short I made, made it into the HBO Aspen Comedy Festival, the Annecy Festival in France. It's what's the biggest animation festival, and I was like, I think this is fate telling me to give up. On my stand-up comedy <laughs> dreams. So that would be your life coaching <laughs> yes. philosophy. Give up. Give up. on your dreams.
3: <laughs> Excellent.
0: Wait, you just, drew, you just self-taught draw, drawer?
5: Yeah, animation is the greatest thing. You don't have to go to school for it. All you have to do is watch old Disney cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, like one of my first jobs was this cartoon for Comedy Central, and they assigned me this scene where I had to animate a jet boat like racing through a bay. And the water chopping on either side of the boat. And I was like, I'm supposed to just be doing lip sync. <laughs> I, I don't know how to animate a water flying off the side of a boat. And I just basically went on YouTube and just started pulling up clips of Fantasia. <gasps> and like I had the, they gave me the assignment at like 9 a.m. in the morning. And I just kept doing version and version and version of it till I felt that it was up to par And I was there till like 3 a.m. and I finally turned it in. And then nobody said anything about it. (laughs) Which means it was approved.
1: Which in Hollywood is really
5: the greatest praise you can get. They didn't say like, uh,
1: I noticed that file said version 72 on it.
3: Wow.
1: And had an animated mouse wearing suspenders on it. How did you get connected with BoJack Horseman? They were looking for people who
5: had a background in stand-up comedy and, com- well, really just people who had a background in comedy because, you know, it's a comedy <laughs> at the root of it. But yeah, it started out as kind of a show that was kind of just insular, just commenting on its own world. But then it's kind of evolved with society. Like South Park also kind of deals with what's happening in society, but then it kind of resets still at the end of every mm-hmm. episode. But BoJack, is taking on the battle scars of what's happening today Mm. with Me Too era and everything that's going on in Hollywood and everything that's going on in society. And it keeps carrying those scars along with it. And Bojack keeps getting heavier and heavier (laughs) with uh, what's all this stuff weighing him down.
0: I don't know exactly what a director does on an animated show. And how is it different from a director on a live action show?
5: Yeah, it's very interesting. We basically place all the actors. I'm the supervising director, so I'm the director of directors. I have this amazing team of directors. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Storyboarders just basically, they figure out what the backgrounds are going to be. They figure out where all the characters are going to be standing. They figure out all the acting and everything. You kind of have to do everything, top to bottom.
0: But the actors don't have to be standing in a specific the, place cuz you just need their voice. The right?
5: characters, like where are the animated characters like uh, how they're going to be laid really out. There's not really someone
1: with a horse head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Helen mentioned in your intro that you were nominated for an Emmy recently. For what episode of BoJack Horseman were you nominated? For Free Churro. Hey, it's Quinn's favorite episode. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Mike, what was your Emmy experience like? Did you fight with your mom in the limo? Oh, I... Uh, <laughs> I uh, Yeah, I... I uh,
5: how nice of you to think that uh, animators get driven to the Emmys in limos. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, uh, Sorry, did, uh, the did you anim- fight with your Uber driver?
5: Animation, yeah. up at the top of show business yeah. is film, sure. below that television. Uh-huh. Podcast somewhere in there oh thats and then kind. there is down all the way down at the bottom is dog training, <laughs> animation, and then porn <laughs> oh. so yeah we don 't uh, but you we don 't get go, a lot of limos. There, there
1: was an award ceremony that
5: you attended, <laughs> yes, they sent a donkey <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it, yeah, there was an award ceremony. it was fantastic. We lost to a show uh, you probably haven 't heard of it, the simpsons they're uh, underdog. Um, <sighs> owned by Fox, Halliburton, Disney. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Which is also a few of
1: Hollyhock's last names. Yeah. Oh, oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, Netflix did announce uh, recently, as we mentioned, that uh, the, the show is, is ending after this season. Was that a surprise to y'all? Oh, we've known for a while. Oh, really?
5: Okay. Yes. I um, canceled my uh, down payment on my yacht. Okay, (laughs) wise, wise. And And by uh, yacht, I mean a really big donkey. A
1: water, a floating (laughs) donkey. A a floating
5: donkey. (laughs) Some people call it a
1: manatee. (laughs) Uh, We call them floating donkeys. (laughs) Excellent. All right, Mike, well, let's get to the reason that we brought you here as far as our game is concerned. You heard the question that we asked of Quinn Cummings. We wanted to know what were three of the eight hyphenated last names of Hollyhock. Uh, Helen, what was the first answer that Quinn gave us?
0: Quinn said Fonzarelli.
1: And Mike Hollingsworth? Lanzarelli is correct. That is correct. A point for Quinn. <laughs> Helen, what was the next name that Quinn gave us? Quinn
0: said McDonald.
1: And Mike? That's the name of a fast food restaurant. <laughs> uh, in other words, incorrect. No, I'm terribly sorry, <laughs> Quinn. And then finally, Helen, what was the last answer that Quinn gave us?
0: Quinn said Glassy.
1: And? That's never been a last name in the history
5: of mankind. or <laughs> storytelling. <laughs> oh no, sorry, no what point are the there. First
0: two it's names? a brand new
5: word. You made up a brand w- new word? Yeah oh, I
2: do that all the time. <laughs> give me gre- give me green tea and I start yeah. speaking in tongues. What is her first two last names that are the same?
5: Well, you said McDonald, her final name is McQuack. That was her father
1: who was a duck.,
2: yes. and only said
1: quack. Mm. Yes. And the others? Uh, and, and I should point out, you're having to look at your phone to give the answer. When yes. I when I told you when I told you this was going to be the question we were going to ask, you I believe said, "I don't think I know those eight. <laughs> yes, uh, we've had a lot of characters. Okay, very good. So, what are the eight last names of Hollyhock?
5: Hollyhock, Mannheim, Mannheim, Man- Guerrero, Robinson, Zilberschlag, <laughs> Song, Fonzarelli, McQuack.
0: Wow. There you go. There's thank you. A lot of, lot of um, ethnic diversity. Yes. And also a duck.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what you can expect
5: from There this. was a bear in there, too.
0: Ooh, who was the bear? Jill, Jill Berschlag.
1: Audience, was the one bear. bear? Who was the bear? I think he was maybe one of the Mannheims. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of them. Uh, Mike, it's uh, wonderful to have you here. If people want to know more about you or your work, where can they go?
5: Uh, on on Instagram, you can find me at StuffedAnimals.com. That's with one extra F. It's stuffed with one extra F. Lots of cartoons and BoJack news and stuff. And um, watch BoJack. Watch uh, BoJack. October
1: 25th. And you will see your name on there. It's wonderful to have you yes. here. Mike Hollingsworth, ladies and gentlemen. Thank
5: you. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Helen, what is our score at the end of that round?
0: At the end of that round, Quinn Cummings has five and a half points, and Greg Barrett has one point with a round of questions coming up.
1: That's right. We're going to talk with Greg about a topic he knows about. Plus, later, Quinn and Greg will go head-to-head in our Fast Facts round to find a winner on Go Fact Yourself.
2: Hi, I'm the JV Club podcast, Janet Varney, and I used to suffer from indecision. I couldn't choose between Star Wars and Star Trek, whether to call or text, or the best way to cook my eggs. But now, thanks to my weekly dose of We Got This on Maximum Fun, my decisions are made for me! Thanks, Mark and Hal!
1: Warning, We Got This may cause shouting, phone throwing, the illusion that the hosts can hear you, laughter on public transit, and death. We Got This with Mark and Hal. We know what's best.
0: To go fact yourself where our score is Quinn Cummings with five and a half points and Greg Barrett with one point. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Straten. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, everybody. Greg Barrett, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about surf music, dog
1: shows, and Dots Candy. Let's yeah. find out a little bit more about each of those. First, mm-hmm. you said you know a lot about surf music.
4: I do know a lot about surf music. I play in a surf band called the Raining Monarchs. If you don't know what surf music is, uh, welcome to a, to a large club. <laughs> uh, 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 surf music is uh, instrumental uh, music that started uh, in the early 60s maybe pulp fiction is what people know it from uh, the most Dick Dale I call it the witness protection program of music. Uh, uh, you don't actually have to hide a human. You just put him in a surf band and he disappears almost, almost
1: immediately to his own family. He'll disappear to his own family. So what about it appeals to you then?
4: Uh, I just love big, twangy guitars. You know, it's a little bit of a mixture of Spaghetti Western, uh, Link Ray, old, you know, uh, stuff. So it, it just, I, I, I barely have the
1: words. All right. Well, you also said you know a lot about dog shows. Tell us about that. That
4: was a mistake. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, this is a true story. My family runs a dog show. Uh, what? what? My family runs the Golden Gate Kennel Club dog show in what? San Francisco, which is the Bay Area. Oh, Air, my God. I'm the, so going. It used to be around the same status as, as Westminster. It, it was, it was, it's a big, big show. It used to be 30,000 people would come out to the Cow Palace and, and, and come to it. And it's, it's fallen Time. Oh. And uh, so it's not quite as popular as it used to be. But Wait, where uh, is it at? It's a it's at the Cow Palace, which is a big arena up in Burlingame. So oh. right outside of San Francisco.
1: Yeah. And were you involved in putting on these dogs? Yeah, shows? My, my, my
4: parents put on the the show proper, and I, I build the benches during the week, and then <gasps> uh, and then I do the announcing. You know, uh, something along the lines of uh, they used to help mountaineers in 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 Tibet. Uh, this is Tibetan Terrier number seven.
1: <laughs> Greg Baron, ladies and gentlemen. Bought it. Uh, yeah, the things you I learn about tra- your guests on this show, I, I had no idea.
0: I was I was like, am I at the dog
4: show? Yeah, yeah, it really and, does. And do you like. still keep and up? You, and, it, and it's right. just about, that. And, it's, and I do that, for, and it's hours and hours of that, hours and hours. Of that. And do you still keep up with the circuit? I mean, I go every year. I'm still there. Oh, that's I mean, terrific. I, I mean, I do it every year, and, and as many times as I've seen dogs, I still can't identify them uh, <laughs> by sight. Uh,
1: <laughs> all right. And finally, you said you know a lot about Dots Candy.
4: I just like them. I just, uh, I think they're, they're satisfying. They do what, you know, when you imagine a candy and then you have it, like a lot of times it's disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> like you think, oh, I really love Swedish fish. And then you have like three of them and you go, they're okay, they're okay. Yeah. But I'm not getting filled up, I'm not feeling, it's not scratching the itch. Um, but with a dot, you go, man, that's exactly what those taste like. And they're the same experience every time. And they're not even good particularly, but there's something, there's something about them that is so awesome that you, you finish the box and there's always only two licorice in the whole box for some reason. They playing
1: possum with the licorice. <laughs> All right, Greg, to summarize, you said you know a lot about surf music, dog shows and dots candy. Today we're going to quiz you about surf music.
3: Oh. All right.
1: Which I guess means no dots for the audience. I would have brought That's them. A no, shame. no, 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 no. But, but we have surfboards for yeah. all of you. Uh, are you,
4: uh, were, or are you a surfer yourself? I have tried. I have tried so hard, and it just doesn't want me.
3: <laughs> the ocean rejects I, I you. Just,
4: I've, I've cut the top of my head open doing it. Like oh I God! Just get, and there's no. I have no business on a surfboard. And uh, who are some all?
1: of your favorite uh, surf music artists? Oh my God.
4: Well, I love, of course, uh, I love uh, Dick Dale, I love the Centurions, I love the Champs, I love the Mermen. The Reigning Monarchs is my own band, and I'm fond of us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, I, and you mentioned there's no singing?
4: There's zero singing. That's what's it's great about it. if and you're, that's if like you're a in di- a band, if you're in a band and you don't have to have a singer, you really can enjoy the experience of being in a band. <laughs> uh, it's amazing people would like to try and put the beach boys in surf music but surf music proper as an american folk art mm. is instrumental
3: ah guitar stuff interesting yeah, yeah. all right
4: well so there's a jan and dean question coming up we're in trouble
1: all right <laughs> well my research did not find that that there was that qualification so uh these questions will about all sorts of surfy-type music. That's what I had a
4: feeling. I had a feeling.
1: Yeah, all right. Well, uh, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in the topic with a three-part question. But before that, to give you a chance to show off, here are five trivia questions about the topic, each worth one point. If you want it, you're allowed a total of two hints for these five questions. Quinn, do listen closely, because you can steal if Greg gets any of them wrong. Quinn, by the way, how much do you know about surf music? Surfing? (laughs) Yep. That's half of it. All right, Greg, here's question number one. What legendary, what we would consider surf music group... (laughs) started by three brothers, their cousin and their friend, had their first Billboard number one hit in 1964 and their most recent in 1988.
4: Would that be the Beach Boys?
1: Helen? That is that correct. That is correct, the Beach Boys. You may not consider them surf music, but you still got it correct. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah,
4: I mean, they sing about surfing. They do sing about surfing. But they sing about it. They do play music. And they, they forgot the rules.
3: <laughs> their father
4: was so insistent that they sing.
1: Yes. Well... Uh, Their first number one hit was I Get Around. Their last one in 1988 was Kokomo. By the way, we did an entire quiz about the Beach Boys on episode number 37 of Go Fact Yourself with Margaret Cho if you want to check that out. All right, question number two. The Ventures turned surf music into many top 40 hits, but they are probably best remembered today for their instrumental theme song to what classic TV show? Y5O. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Y5O. (laughs) <laughs> Greg, you're two for two, here's question number three. What duo starred in a series of movie musicals glorifying the surf and beach culture and featuring performances by The Exciters, The Pyramids, The Hondells, and amazingly, Little Stevie Wonder?
4: Annette Funicello and, Ned and uh, Avalon.
1: Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Annette <laughs> Funicello wow. and Frankie Avalon. Frankie Avalon. Uh, years later, of course, one of them sang Beauty School Dropout in the movie Grease, the other became a spokesperson for Skippy Peanut Butter. Yeah. I forget which was which.
0: I love that you just, you just gave that answer like super low-key like, oh, duh.
4: I mean, for, for a question that hasn't involved any surf music at all. The
0: Ventures. Have you guys noticed that Greg Barrett is really good at shade? <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> uh, question number four, Greg. Yeah. You are three for three. Now, this is an audio question. Please listen to this clip which we hope you approve of. <laughs>
3: Play it.
1: <laughs> and tell us, what is the name of the song that that comes from? Surfing Bird by the Trashman. Helen? Yes. That is correct. That is correct. Our audience knew it as well. Oh. That I love. That I love. That wow. counts oh, I love. Well, I love all of it. <laughs> uh, fun fact, that song by the Trashman, as you uh, mentioned, combines two songs by the Rivingtons, Papa Um Mau Mau and Birds the Word. It has been covered by both the Cramps and Ramones. Wow. Greg, you are four for four. Here's question number five. Papa I have a
0: th- Um mau, mau
1: Papa. I believe Papa, I'm saying um, that right. Papa Um Mau Mau. Yeah. Not to be confused with Manam Nema. Greg, you have a chance to go five for five with this question that you might know something about. Some surf music becomes even more famous decades after coming out. In 1962, King of the Surf guitar Dick Dale recorded an iconic song that was heavily sampled in a 2006 hit by the Black Eyed Peas. Name Dick Dale's song and the Black Eyed Peas song that sampled it. It's Mister Lou. Mm hmm. And. You do you have a hint available if you'd like a hint? Uh, yeah, I might take the hint. Helen, how about that hint?
0: The title of the Black Eyed Peas song is Something You Could Do to a Shoe released by Reebok in 1989. Oh, yeah. Pump it.
1: Pump it. So, so, uh, Greg, your answers together are?
0: Uh, Lou and Pump It.
1: Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Greg Barrett is five for five. Wow. And you didn't think you were going to get any questions. I didn't think I was going
4: to get any questions. Well, if you had done dog shows... I would have been in so much trouble. I would have been so much trouble. I have no idea. A leash? Is
1: that a leash? Well, obviously, Greg, you've done very well in that round, but now here's your expert-level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact.
3: Nice. We'll be
1: bringing on an expert to assess your response. The answer is worth up to three points. Okay. Greg, the Beach Boys had a...
4: (laughs) (laughs) They're like, if you're you're a guy in a surf band, every time you hear the Beach Boys, you go like this.
1: And yet they do exist, so let's please No, 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 they do. And they're great.
4: I'm just letting I'm just Okay.
1: They are great. Yeah. Okay, great. We agree on that. Yeah. Yeah. Greg, the Beach Boys had a colossal hit in nineteen sixty-five with Barbara Ann, but the lead vocals on the recording were secretly provided by someone who was not a Beach Boy, someone who had his own tremendous success as part of a duo. For up to three points, who was this uncredited non-beach boy? What very famous duo was he a part of, and what was that duo's biggest Billboard number one hit?
4: Oh, man. This is suddenly not my area.
1: <laughs> A surf music duo?
0: Or surf e music duo? Yes, thank you. Thank you, Helen. Surf-esque would it, would it, music Would duo. they
4: have gotten one of the Jan and Deans? Uh, Jan from Jan and Dean, I guess is my guess.
1: Okay, so you're going to say Jan, and then the the duo Jan and Dean? From Jan and Dean. And what was, the, what was that duo's biggest number one hit? Uh... uh Perhaps it had to do with the activity that we're discussing. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and if I can think of the Beach Boys songs. Uh, surf. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't surf. Surf City.
1: Surf City. All right. So again, your answers are uh, Jan, uh, Jan and Dean, and Surf City. Surf All right. City. Helen is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight?
0: Here with us tonight is a Grammy-winning artist who had five top ten hits as part of the legendary surf music duo Jan and Dean. It's Dean Torrance. Dean Torrance, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Come on out here, Mr. Torrance.
1: I believe I just watched Greg's eyes bug out of his head.
3: Wow. <laughs> Holy crap. Wow, wow, wow. Welcome.
6: I have no idea what you guys have been talking about. <laughs> well, that
1: might be when for I the. I drove
6: b- all the way here for like two and a half hours. <laughs> I go, oh, what? No, no,
1: this is, this is real. Now, do you consider no. the music
6: that you made surf music? Well, of course. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. I mean, at least we described it. <laughs> yes. I don't know how a guitar can describe surf. All right, it's up to you. It's all subjective. It's I all guess, subjective. Right? You make a really good point.
3: Yeah.
6: <laughs> Thank you, you Greg. Really
1: <laughs> Greg suddenly humble for some reason.
4: Humility. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think. I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Of course, just a few of the many hits that Jan and Dean have had are uh, Surf City, Little Old Lady from Pasadena, Dead Man's Curve, Baby Talk, Drag City. Wow. Uh, not a bad lineup right there. And yet, Dean, Dean, the Grammy you won was not for making music.
6: I got nominated for graphic design.
1: <laughs> yes. And won. What? And you won. Yeah.
6: Uh, Isn't that silly? That is
1: well, but you know you can excel in many different areas of the music industry. You've done pretty well. You've done uh, covers for Diana Ross, Linda Ronstadt, (gasps) and I was amazed about this. You did uh, Steve Martin's first three records. You did the graphic design of
0: what? Yep. Wow. You Uh, are a man of many talents. Absolutely. Well, well, let's go back to uh,
1: to your career in uh, in surfing music. You actually were a a surfer for a long time. You
6: no no. (laughs) You know I could paddle aboard and mm-hmm. could stand up but I didn't really like the cold water <laughs> really yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah. so that kind of does it for me now in Hawaii if yeah. I went to Hawaii yeah I you know I could get out there and <gasps> <Yes>. do it <laughs> Maui is a nice place a yeah. very nice yeah. place too
1: so then how did go. you get into making music about the surf lifestyle
6: it's the only thing we knew anything about yeah all of our friends you know all the other artists of that particular time this was kind of the teen idol when we mm-hmm. started you had your Frankie Avalons and Fabians and all those guys all in suits and little ties, you know, and all that Italian stuff and singing about chicks.
3: <laughs>
6: we really didn't know that much about chicks.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
6: we wanted to know more, but yeah. <laughs> that's why you become lead singers, you see.
3: Ah.
4: That's
6: why they're that's there.
4: That's fair. That's also fair. I didn't, I didn't, I, I, I didn't talk about them. Huge lack of women coming to surf. <laughs> to, see, to see surf guitar. Nobody
6: nobody goes. How did you and Jan meet and decide to make music together? Just by accident in high school. So we just sing doo wop uh, after football practice in the shower rooms because they had really great echo in the, mm. like, that old tile. And we thought we sounded pretty good. Until huh. we got a tape recorder and we went, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, he must have done something right because he got a recording contract out of it. It it took a while. How did you guys get discovered? Jen had an IQ of about 185, 190, pre med at UCLA, all during the time we were making records. And he was the one that figured out to go to a recording studio and make a disc Mm. demo, they used to call them. And that you could take that around. if if you looked in the phone book and found the name of of huh. record companies, so you would just cold call. call. You would
1: just yeah. visit them and say, "Listen to this."
6: Yep. What? First person I heard said, "Oh man, I'll make you bigger than the Everly Brothers."
0: What? Whoa, Wait, you just nobody sh- could
6: be bigger than the
0: Everly Brothers. You just showed up at some office that you found in the yellow pages.
6: Well, more or less, it was kind of like that.
1: And it literally was yeah. the first person, the first person you yeah. played it for took it. <gasps> wow. What did you do with all the other demos?
6: I kept them and sold
1: them on eBay.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Man after my own heart. Absolutely.
1: So uh, let's get to the reason that we brought you here as far as our game is concerned. You heard the questions that we asked of Greg. First, we wanted to know who was the uncredited non-beach boy who sang on Barbara Ann. Helen, what did Greg say?
0: Greg said Jan.
1: And uh, Dean, is that correct? Jan
6: didn't sing on it. Who did? Just me.
0: This guy, Dean Torrance, did.
1: (laughs) So how did you end up singing on Barbara Ann?
6: Well, the fact that the our record company told us that we weren't supposed to sing on any more Beach Boy records. Because you were on a competing yeah. label, right? Yes. Yeah. I immediately took that as, you got to sing more.
3: <laughs>
6: <laughs> they, they actually threatened to hold up our royalties what? and stuff wow. if we participated. Actually, Brian was working on Pet Sounds. Anybody know?
1: Does anybody know one of the greatest albums of
6: all time? Yes. <laughs> So Brian's working on this masterpiece, and of course, the record company wants Little Do Scoop, and I don't know why he's taking so long creating these songs that will be around for hundreds of years. He finally got to a point where he just really needed to give them something, so we kind of talked about, you know, Brian, you you always wanted to make the recording uh, of like a party, and it's spontaneous, it could be very easily done because you, rec- you could record it live, At one of, you know, pick one of your houses, and <laughs> we'll all show up, put, put some microphones out, play acoustic guitars, and, and you could make a record in one or two nights and edit it, take you a couple of days. Jan said Jan had just bought a new house, so he, he didn't want his royalties held up, and I'm still living at home with my parents. <laughs> so, <laughs> They tried it at their house, and it it just didn't work. Mm -hmm. So they said, let's just have the party, move the party into a real studio. So they were in Studio B. We were in A. We needed to do some edits, and so it was boring to me. I said, I'm going to go down and see what the guys are doing. (gasps) Jan said, do not sing. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. I will not sing. I opened up the door, walked in, and he said, what do you want to sing? I said, ah, I got 10 minutes. Uh, whatever we can, let's just pick, if we can pick out something really easy, not that complicated, yeah. that we I, don't have I believe I read rehearse. an interview
1: where you said, "Where you said, uh, what's the stupidest, easiest song that yeah, you have? More or less, yeah. yeah
6: okay. <laughs> I thought I'd gotten away with it.
3: <laughs>
6: the Recording comes out, the version on the LP, and they do the longer version on the LP, and where it starts all over again at mm-hmm. the end a couple of a couple of times. And at the very end, it was Carl Wilson, as I'm walking out the door, he said, Hey, thanks, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> Now, luckily, executives don't listen to anything. <laughs> <'Cause>, uh, <laughs> Certainly not all the way to yeah. the end. That's so, a terrific, terrific wow. story. Great.
1: That's great. All right, let's get back to the game uh, portion. Uh, next, the question that we asked of Greg was, what very famous duo was that singer part of? Helen, what did Greg say?
0: Greg said Jan and Dean.
6: And? Oh, yeah, what? There was only two groups singing f- vocals about <laughs> about surf music and related stuff. Yeah,
1: so that's correct. That's yeah, a point you for got Greg.
3: That's <laughs> right.
1: I, th- I think you're getting a little shade on your victory point there.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just,
1: uh, And I uh, finally wanted to know, what was that duo's biggest Billboard number one hit? Helen, what did Greg eventually say? Greg said Surf City. And Dean? Oh, uh, yes. I, yes, it was <laughs> Surf City. Another point right. for Greg. So let's talk about Surf City. Uh, Surf City was the first surfing song of any kind to hit number one. That was you guys. That, amazing. <laughs> that is that is absolutely wonderful.
6: And it was a, a Brian Wilson song, but it was a song that creatively he'd given up on. He just didn't like it. Mm. So he shelved it, and, and he was never going to really finish it. So that meant he would give it to us because it wasn't very good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It was good enough. It was good enough. Yes, it was. I, I read that their manager, which I think maybe was his father, was his th- was dad. upset that yeah. you guys ended up having the song and not the Beach Boys.
6: Yeah. And it was a song he wasn't going to finish. He had it half done, lost interest in it, moved on to something else. So it was something that was in a drawer. So wouldn't you want somebody else to do it? Right. You, you get the publishing, they're going to make money on it no matter what.
0: Did Surf City help you move out of your parents' house? <laughs> <laughs>
6: Yes.
1: Yay! Another happy ending. Uh, I was
0: worried.
6: Never. <laughs> I never, never wasted any money, you know, uh, on, on, a, on an apartment. I never rented anything. So. So you was...
0: went straight from your parents' place to buying your own place. Yeah.
6: Wow.
4: Imagine if it had just been an instrumental.
6: <laughs> I'd be nobody f- nobody probably living wanted... in the garage.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Greg, dare I ask, is there anything you'd like to ask of our expert while we have him here? Do you think I'm a complete dick? <laughs> <laughs> Dean, it's been absolutely wonderful Thank to you. have you here. If people want to find out more about you and your music. Where can they go? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> He's still got that rebel spirit. We love it. Thanks for being with us. What an honor. Mr. Dean Torrance. Helen, how about a score recap as we head into the final round?
0: At the end of that round, Quinn Cummings has five and a half points and Greg Barrent has eight (gasps) points.
1: Oh, very interesting game. But now it is time for our final round. We call Fast Facts. I'll read ten statements and each contestant will answer with true or false. I'll start with Quinn and alternate between each guest. Each correct answer is worth one point. This will determine the winner. Again, the answer to each statement is true or false. Here we begin. Quinn, salmonella is a bacteria that can make people sick. True. Correct. Greg, the infection people get from salmonella bacteria is called salmonellosis. False. Incorrect. No, it really is. Quinn, in the U.S., more people get salmonella infections than get chlamydia. True. Incorrect. No, that's not how we do in the U.S. (laughs) (laughs) Aw, snap. (laughs) I'm sorry, it's true or false. Uh, Greg. Oh, okay. Greg.
0: Ah, clap. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. Boom. (laughs) Comedy.
2: And that's why you're going to Hawaii, baby. Yes, baby. Wow. Why nice. even
1: go on? But uh, we've got to. That was beautiful, Helen. Uh, Greg, the CDC advises that to avoid salmonella infection, you should always wash your hands after petting a snake. False. Incorrect. No, why would you leave your hands dirty?
4: Why would they have an opinion about snake petting? <laughs> Quit. Why just that specific one thing?
2: Also turtles.
1: Oh, uh, which I hear a very, a very popular fashion accessory. Yes. Oh, yeah. Quinn, Salmonella is named after a person. True. Correct. Greg, that person's name was Ella. Mm. <laughs> False. Correct. There you go. Quinn, that person's name was Salmon. False. False. Incorrect. <laughs> no, it really was. Greg. Th- but can you pet one? <laughs> <laughs> not, not anymore. Uh, Greg, that person's name was Doctor Salmon.
3: True. Correct.
1: Yeah. Quinn, there is a person named Dr. Salmon who is a professor at University of Redlands. True. Correct. Yes, Dr. Catherine Salmon. Greg, Dr. Catherine Salmon wrote a book about erotic fiction and female sexuality. That's true. Correct. Yes, you did. And finally, Quinn, the book ends with a woman getting salmonellosis and chlamydia. False. We're not counting that. That's just for fun. Let's give a nice hand to both of our guests, Greg Barrett and Quinn Cummings, as Helen tabulates the final score. <laughs> Helen, are you ready to announce the winner on today's episode?
0: I am at the end of the game. Quinn Cummings has eight and a half points, and Greg Barrett has 11 points. Congratulations, Greg Barrett. You are the facting champion
1: on GoFact Yourself. We're all winners. Greg, what will you do with your championship? Apologize to Dean. <laughs>
2: Good call. Uh, All right, Quinn Cummings, where can people find you and your work? They can find me on Twitter, at quincy Q-U-I-N-N-C-Y. You can find me on my podcast, Quinn Cummings Gives Bad Advice. And if you're so inclined, my books sell places where there are books. (laughs) Quinn Cummings, thanks so much for being here. Mr. Greg Barron, where can people find you and your work?
4: Uh, It's Gregors on Instagram. You can go to my website, gregorybarrant.com, and my books are also available where people sell books.
1: They have that in common. We and have it's that mis- in common. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Greg Barron. thanks so much for joining us. Wonderful to have you here. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you are lucky, lucky people, as evidenced by your co host being Ms. Helen Hong. <laughs> what do you, you have going on, Helen?
0: You can follow me on the socials at Funny Helen Hong, but also you can find my performance calendar at HelenHong.com. HelenHong.com is the website of Ms. Helen Hong.
1: She's still dancing. And me. You can find me on Twitter at J underscore Keith on Instagram at jkeith.net all spelled out. That just leads me to thank Quinn Cummings, Greg Barrett, Mike Hollingsworth, Dean Torrance, and Helen Hong. Please like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram all at GoFactorPod. And rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I'm J. Keith Van Stratton. Good
2: night. Good night. <laughs> Well played sir.
1: Like what you hear, come see us live. It's free. Go to GoFactorPod.com for our schedule and tickets. And give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts like Sean Newton did. He, she, or they said, whenever you ask what will you do with your championship, I scream out, eat it. <laughs> thanks Sean Newton <laughs> Helen
0: Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz program devised by Jim Newman and J. Keith Van Stratton and comes to you via transcription from the Carl Sagan and Andrian Theatre at the Center for Inquiry in Los Angeles questions on Go Fact Yourself were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex it is produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun Go Fact Yourself's theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green Maximum Fun's senior producer is Laura Swisher the show is edited by Julian Burrell Dave McKeever is our live sound engineer special thanks to Gary Griffin Adam Conover Sean Growley Troy DeVold Mike Avellanos Carol Davis Adam Neediff Haley Mason David Ramsey Mark Johnson Michael the Priz Prizgotsky at Priz Sound Company, Jim Underdown, Alice Pine, John Dardis, and everyone here at the Center for Inquiry, Eric Tran and Christine Velada. I've been Helen Hong! Let's go surfing now!
1: Hey, it's Jake Heath again. Here's a little bit of what you're going to hear on the next episode of Go Fact Yourself.
0: He is a comedian, voice actor, and writer who created and hosts the true TV show Adam Ruins Everything and the the podcast, Factually, with Adam Conover. It's Adam Conover!
5: My dad's a marine biologist, my mom's a botanist, my sister is a nuclear physicist, or at least... That's what I used to say and then she said uh, well she told me once she was like you know you've been saying that for years on stage actually I'm a particle physicist so
1: <laughs> you got you got well actually yeah, by your sister yeah you're you're, wow. you're I'm actually too stupid to know what branch of physics <laughs> she does
0: she is an actor, comedian who starred on Mad TV, and whose stand-up special White Latina is streaming online now. It's Jill Michelle Melian. Jill
1: Michelle Melian. <laughs> Growing up, I was called the Latina Drew Barrymore when I was
0: younger. Now we kind of don't look that much alike anymore. <laughs> but when I was younger, it was like the fire starter. I really thought I could start fires. I really, <laughs> I tried so hard. I think
1: I popped a blood vessel in one eye once trying so hard. Did you get close? Did you get smoke? Nothing. 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 Oh, <laughs> it's an That's Go Fact Yourself here at Maximum Fun every first and third Friday of the month.
5: MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture.
1: Artist owned.
5: Audience supported.